name is Naomi, and I am the youth pastor here at Eastside City Church. Um, and I just wanted to give you guys a quick little update. We had our young adults retreat. Come on, so they are in the house, you guys. That is good news. We had a great time. Uh, Pastor Michael and Rachel with Emily and Frankie and their leadership team did a great job at just putting together such an amazing week. It was so relaxing. I got to spend a, a little bit of time with them. And um, I know our young adults are coming back refreshed um, and ready to just uh, press on on what God has in store for them. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your help. If you helped out in any uh, sort of way, we really appreciate that. So thank you. Awesome. So this morning, we are continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And, um, and our main passage is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. And it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what we're doing over the summer is we're taking the time to unpack the different parts of the one fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And Pastor Peter last week did a great job at explaining that it's not many fruits, it's one fruit. And he used the metaphor or the example of a, a tree, an orange tree, and how this tree has many oranges, right? An abundance of oranges, but it's one type of fruit. And when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we're looking at one type of fruit and it's many parts. So this morning, we're looking at one part of that fruit, which is joy. We're looking at joy. So we're going to use uh, John chapter 15, verse 5 to 11 as our passage together. And while you turn there or while you wait for um, our tech team to get us there, oh, they're there. Amazing. We have the greatest tech team. Um, I have a question for you. Is your life full of joy? I want you to think about, is my life full of joy. When I look at my life and the season that I'm in and all the different parts of my life and what's going on right now, is my life full of joy? So John 15, verse five. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and in my words, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. You will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Amen? Amen. So have you ever been sent out looking for something? and came back, not able to find it, empty-handed, or realizing that you got the wrong thing. Classic example, in our household growing up, we had multiple pairs of scissors. You know where I'm going with this, right? Because I feel like your household is similar to this. So your mom, all the mothers can relate to this. You send your children out, she would send me out and go, go to the kitchen and get me a pair of scissors. I go to the kitchen and I grab the pair of scissors, feeling so confident that I did the right thing. And then I show up and she'd say, that's the wrong pair of scissors. 
You're like, what, which pair of scissors were you talking about? The crafting scissors. Go back to the kitchen and get the crafting scissors. So many different drawers in the kitchen, so many different scissors. That's when you realize we're not actually talking about the same thing, are we? Hmm. <laughs> and I think moms can relate to this. Oftentimes you can send your kids or your spouse. I'm not going to go there because I know it's a touchy one. And, <laughs> and you go, can you please go get this for me? And unless you are specific as to what it is that you are talking about, right? What it is that you're talking about, then oftentimes people come back and they give you this answer. I don't know what it is that I'm looking for. I couldn't find it. Or they'll say things like, um, I got it, and you realize that it's the wrong thing. And so I wanted to kind of give us this example because when it comes to joy, if we don't talk about the kind of joy that we are talking about, we might end up with a false conclusion when we look at our lives and evaluating, is my life full of joy? You might be sitting here thinking, well, sure, my life was full of joy based on my personal understanding of joy. But if that's the case, then we all have different personal understandings of joy. You might be sitting here going, well, when I look at my life, according to my understanding of joy, my life has no joy. When I look at my life, according to my understanding of joy, my life is full of joy. So it's important that we are on the same page and that we define for us what exactly we are talking about, what exactly is said when the Bible talks about the joy of the Lord. Good? So in joy, in joy, in John 15, <laughs> in John 15, Jesus is giving the disciples, um, he's giving them instruction of how he wants them to relate to his spirit. And essentially he's saying, this is what I want you to know. I want you to have this sort of relationship and my relationship, that, uh, the relationship that I want you to look at and to consider having and to um, uh, what's replicate is the kind of relationship that I have with the Father. This relationship is rooted in love. It's rooted in an obedience. It's rooted in a trust. And in this relationship is fullness of joy. But not any joy, my joy. And I want you to experience this joy, not just once, but always an overflowing of my joy. I want you to experience, in other words, the joy of the Lord. And so what is the joy of the Lord? John Piper, the founder of Desiring God, um, and um, he basically takes time to come up with a definition that I really liked and I thought would be valuable for us to use as we break down what joy is. He says, Christian joy is a feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the world and in the word. Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. Christian joy, a good feeling. Joy, the joy of the Lord is a good feeling. 
It's not a conviction. It's not an idea. It's probably not even logical. It's a feeling. Feelings can be seen as emotions, right? They just overtake us. They're not necessarily in our control, and they're not always based on circumstances. We can experience or feel something because of the environment that we're in, but in this room, many of us are sitting here, and we are all feeling different things, right? So the joy of the Lord is it's a feeling, but he deems it as a good feeling. It's a good feeling that overtakes us. Another way of looking at feelings and how they sort of overcome us and they can be good, they can be bad, and I think it's upon that experience when we decide, well, is it good or is it bad? It's almost one of my favorite quotes is, um, is this. It says, emotions are indicators, but they're not navigators. And so if we would take a car and look at our life and, and simulate it to a car, our emotions would be the lights that pop up on the dashboard. They're just indicators. They're indicators of what's happening underneath. Some of these indicators can be good, right? When your seatbelt light is flashing, that's a good thing. It means put on your seatbelt, right? When your gas tank light is flashing, that's a good thing or a bad thing. It means you're out of gas, you know? Um, when your, your lights come on, right? Those bright lights, that's a good thing. It means that your lights are on or when the uh, service engine light comes on, that's maybe not a good thing. So you get to decide you know, typically what these emotions are. And there are certain emotions that universally we have kind of deemed as good or bad, you know, sadness and, and, um, and, and sort of, you know, grief. Those are kind of like sad or I don't necessarily want to call them bad, but they kind of fall in that category of like blue emotions, right? They're not necessarily bright or vibrant. And joy finds itself in this bright and vibrant category. It brings about this good feeling. Joy is a good feeling. It's an emotion. And joy, this good feeling, is found in our soul. In the soul. What do we mean by that? It is not necessarily, a, it's not found physically in our bodies. It's in the immortal parts of our being, our soul, our heart. I'm going to ask for your participation here for you to understand where I'm going. There is a very profound song, and now I see it as profound, that I learned in Sunday school. <laughs> David's got it started. <laughs> and we're going to sing it. All right, ready? It goes like this. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stand. I am so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. I am so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. In my heart. This joy is a good feeling in your heart. Some of you are thinking, I don't feel so good singing out loud. That was my audition for the worship team, by the way. Um, <laughs> let me know if I made it. <laughs> I'll stick to preaching. <laughs> um, joy is a good feeling in the heart, in the soul. And it is produced by the Holy Spirit. It happens not by my doing. 
It overtakes us by the Holy Spirit being in us. The Holy Spirit taking his dwelling in our lives. We saw in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, 23, the Holy Spirit produces. He begins this process, this journey of pulling out of us these incredible benefits of pulling out of us these incredible parts and joy being one of them. And so joy is really this joy, the joy of the Lord, it's out of our control. It is produced by the Holy Spirit. And he does this in our soul and it can overtake us at any given time. It is not dependent on circumstances. It is not dependent on what is happening externally. It is fully dependent of what is happening within. And within us lies the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Joy, a good feeling in our soul produced by the Holy Spirit. And then it gets better. And this joy causes us to see the beauty, the beauty, the glory of God. The Holy Spirit begins a good work and we can identify it as joy when we can begin to identify God's goodness in our lives. When we can begin to see that God is at work here in my life, I can see his hand over my life there. I can see that God is causing me to see the glory of God. I can see that God is causing me to see the beauty of God and that's the Holy Spirit at work, opening my eyes to God's goodness opening my eyes to God's perfection, opening my eyes to God's fullness, not only allowing me to see, but allowing me to experience with every fiber of my being. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Joy is a good feeling that happens in our soul produced by the Holy Spirit who causes us to see the beauty, the glory, and in other words, the goodness of God. And it causes us to see, he causes us to see the goodness of God in the word and in the world. So we have the word. Well, here is one truth. The word of God is the, the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. We see from beginning to end that there is truth, that there is life woven in those words and in scripture. We see that there is guidance and that it's for us. We see God's words spoken over us, given to us as guidance, as a pathway, as a navigation. We see in his word, his promises. We see in his word, his declarations. We see in his word, his character, how he works in our lives. We see all of God in his word. And in the world, well, because of his word and because his word is inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit works in us the ability to see that God is in control in a broken world. That God is in control in a broken world. So when we interact with this world and we wonder, what is happening? What's taking place? Is there anything good that can come out of this season? Is there anything good that can come out of this world? When we look to Holy Spirit, we see that he can bring out of us this good feeling 
in our soul that causes us to see the beauty and the glory of God in our broken world, in our fallen world. So joy, a good feeling, right, that is in our soul, that causes, that is produced by the Holy Spirit, who then causes us to see the beauty, the glory, the goodness of God in the word and in the world. So based on that definition of joy, is your life full of joy? Is your life full of joy? I want to give us a couple of examples of what joy is. There is this really beautiful passage in Lamentations 3, verse 17 to 24. And it says, Peace has been stripped away, and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. That is joy. That is joy. In the midst of grief, of despair, in a season of lament, the Holy Spirit can bring out of us this good feeling and out of us can allow us to see God's goodness in the areas of our lives that don't seem good. That is joy. Is my life full of joy? Maybe we can take a moment and look at the areas of our lives where God is at work. Habakkuk 3, verse 17, 19 says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there have no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He makes me sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. That is joy. That is joy. Joy is also Psalm 9, verses 1 to 2. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell you of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. That is joy. Joy is a good feeling that is not dependent on our circumstances, on our external circumstances. It is not our joy, it is not our doing. We can experience joy in our mountaintops and in our valleys. The joy of the Lord is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, causing us to see the goodness of God 
causing us to see the power of God, causing us to see the beauty of Jesus in our lives, in our world, in our mess, in our chaos. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and God wants us to experience this joy. Not once, not twice, but always, always. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we can experience an abundance of this joy. We can trust that at all times, the Holy Spirit is working, is working, causing us to see God's goodness, causing us to gain a new perspective, causing joy to arise in our lives. And so what do we do with this? We remain in the love of God. We remain in the love of God. The only way to experience this joy is to remain in His love. When we are not in His love, He cannot impart His fullness, right? John 15. John 15, remain in my love. Remain in my words so that whatever you want will be granted. So that in the moments when you need hope, when you need faith, when you need joy, it will be granted because the Holy Spirit produces that. And so if you are here and you don't know the love of God, and you're wondering, how do I remain in this love? How do I get connected with this love? It's very simple. What you need to know is first of all, God desires a loving relationship with you. He desires intimacy with you. He desires for you to experience the unity that he experiences with God the Father, and he wants you to experience that. And all you have to do is ask him to come in. All you have to do is say, God, fill me with your spirit that carries your love, your spirit that works in my life. And if that's you, I want us together to close our eyes and bow our head and I just want you to put your hand up. If you are wanting a relationship with Jesus, this is your time. If you're wanting to be connected with the Lord, this is your moment. That's so good. Father, you see the hands that have gone up. You see the hearts that are crying out. And Lord, we're asking right now that your spirit would fill the lives of each and every single individual in this place. That your spirit would fill us and fill them anew, oh God. That they would experience a oneness with you. And we thank you for your generosity. We thank you that you want us to experience great joy and great intimacy with you. And if you can keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed, and if you're in this room and going, I have not found myself in the love of God recently. The good news is God hasn't left you. God still has great things in store for you. And it's quite simple. All you have to do is step back in to his love. Step back in to his love. And if that's you, if right now you need prayer, 
to be filled with God and his fullness and his love again. I just want you to put your hand up. God, we thank you for the hands that have gone up. God, thank you that you are so faithful. Thank you that you promise to never leave us nor forsake us. And you say our part is to remain in your love. And when we don't, God, thank you that you make a way back to your love. Thank you that we look to the promise of the cross and we see that you are a faithful God. And so I just pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are wanting to remain, to come back into your love, that God, you would fill them, fill them anew, oh God. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Amen.